When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, I'm James Deacon and welcome to Desert Island Dicks, the show that sees you marooned on a desert island after a plane crash with the worst people and worst things imaginable. Who they are and why they're a dick is up to you. And here to share their Desert Island Dicks with us today is host of the Desert Island Crisps podcast, Sam Pamphilon. Hello. Hi. Hi, Sam. Yeah, how are you? I'm fine, thanks. How are you? I'm good. Good. Okay. I'm looking forward to uh, publicly condemning needlessly some people. Uh, I know. I feel really bad because that's, you know, that's the person that I've become, the facilitator of that. Yeah. But, you know. The ringleader of the tormentors. I know, yeah. It does seem quite bad at points, but uh, it depends where... I mean, um, I like to think it's the guest takes it to that. Yeah, it, well, that's what you're doing. You're definitely, you're definitely sort of, you're definitely sort of passing off any responsibility onto the people that you're inviting in to cause it. Um, like the guy that, you know, in your school and there's a kid that sort of, you know, comes from a broken home and he's very badly behaved. And you're like, yeah, go on, do that, it'd be funny. Yeah, go do that, it'd be funny. And then you know, he throws a sweet at the teacher and gets a detention and you laugh and then he realises that laughter ends and he's got detention. <laughs> Meanwhile, you're in no trouble whatsoever. Yeah, Scott Free, I'm that guy. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> <Should we> do- <laughs> uh, Sam, let's yeah. dive in. Who's going to be your first person? Well, I thought long and hard about this. Um, mm. And the people that I've chosen, I kind of want to um, explain, well, obviously I'll explain why I chose him. But the first one is a guy called Martin Roberts. Yes. And he is the one of the co-presenters of uh, Homes Under the Hammer. Mm. Um, and I always found him intensely annoying. But he's a certain type of person. This is, this is how I set out. He's the type of person that initially I loathe. Right. And I think, oh my God, you're so annoying. But then after a while, you see the pain in his eyes and then you start to feel sorry for him. Now, there was this, um, there was a kid at school and, you know, because you could sort of tell that Martin Roberts is someone that has been bullied. Oh, <laughs> Do you know what I mean? But, and I, I, I hate bullying. I was bullied. Mm. It's awful. Mm. But do you remember when that kid was getting bullied and you're like, just don't say anything. Don't make it worse. There's a kid in my school called Tom and he was getting bullied. And they're literally bullying him for having no friends, which is... It's kind of a mean thing to bully someone about because you're kind of just reinforcing the point. It's not, you know. And uh, and, uh, I said this on my podcast and he said, said, I don't need friends. Books are my friends. I'm like, mate, you've just given them material for the next six months. You know, some people don't help themselves. no. So Martin Roberts, the things that annoy me about him, it's just the way, you know, he presents. And it's just (laughs) his hair and the fact that he buttons it. He always wears a long coat, quite a nice coat. And um, he doesn't do the top button. He does the second button down. You know when someone wears a suit jacket and they yeah. button the bottom button? Because <laughs> no. sometimes when you've had a drink and your tummy's a bit bulgy, that's an easier button to do up. But it makes the coat kind of fan out in a way. And it's just no one's told him or they've told him and he's not. he's just done the wrong button up, James. And I can't forgive it. I can't let it go. It's so harsh, but so true. And it's just, you know, it's just so long on his hair. Yeah. And, and then he went and did um, I'm a Celebrity, mm. and he was exactly the person I thought he was. Here's someone that is 
in essence, he's got a good heart. Mm. And he probably really cares about stuff. Mm. But his entire life is probably governed by this idea of trying to make people like him yes. without ever realising the one reason people don't. And it's that his... I can't even put my finger on what it is. He just says the wrong stuff. He's annoying. He, he interrupts at the wrong time. He destroys the flow of conversations. He'll say a crap joke. Mm. And then he'll be wounded by people. But he'll allow... Oh, I thought that would have gone better. <laughs> oh, so you don't like my idea then? You know, he's just one of those people that is... And what happens is with people like that, if, if you're kind of very aware and you see the pain in his eyes, you want to help them. And then that's almost the worst thing you can do because then Martin Roberts will latch onto you like, oh, you're my friend, you're my friend. Oh, yes. And then, and then he will give you so much, he'll just give you, be on you so much and he'll be so annoying. After a while, you'll just go, piss off, Martin. <laughs> just piss off. And you'll end, up going, you'll end up siding with the bullies. You won't want to, but... But you just have to be through that. He's just so punchable. Um, he's just so punchy. He is. Oh my god! I mean, yes, I I know all those things. The um, the look, that sort of eighties kind of look with the long coat with the hair, yeah. and I just kind of think every time I've, se- I've seen that program many times, and every time I see it, I just think like, what else do you do? Like, if you're doing this, and all the episodes from uh, from about seven years ago. Well, I looked him up because I was, I was doing this, and I sat in the car with my wife, going, "Who do I hate?" And I think I was listening to other episodes that you've done and people sort of saying, I can't really put people I genuinely hate who I've come in contact with because I might come in contact with them again and it would be, yeah, you know, probably harmful to me to do so. So I can't say that I hate him, um, but he's actually, he's like a, he's a property developer, he's an investor, hmm. he has a net worth of £1.2 million. Pounds. He's what? done fine. Wow. He's done fine. Yeah. So not that money... And he's probably got a lovely wife and lovely, lovely kids and he's probably very happy and that's great. But at the same time, it's just like, oh, he, well, I'm a celebrity. He, he just, like, he was just doing little things. Like, he was just, he just was lazy and wouldn't do stuff. Mm. And then people, otherwise nice people, will get driven to this point just going, God's sakes, Martin, you're useless. Uh, wow. Like that. And then he, he would, like, go off and have a cry, but just <gasps> in sort of, you know, with people, Martin, you okay? And, no, it's okay. It's just, you know, Danny really jumped on me and I don't know if I've done anything wrong. <laughs> so he's someone that will go it's through just... his entire life thinking he hasn't done anything wrong. And in a way, he hasn't. Just... He is that specific type of person, isn't he? And you yeah. can't put your finger on exactly what it is, but it's like, yeah. He, he doesn't mean to be annoying, but then he's annoying. And he doesn't yeah. mean to be lazy, but he is really lazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. Like, if he messaged you on Facebook Messenger you'd have to end that chat quick. Yeah. Because otherwise, he'd be like, the next day he'd be like, eh, how are you? You know, and if he's <laughs> yeah. like, I'm not, ha- I can't do this with you. you. You could get the sense of it from the first line, but don't open it because then he'll know you've read it. Yeah. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> don't, don't give him that little blue tick. No. Because then you've got to reply. That's it, you're in. Yeah. 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 He's, um... Did you see my message? Did you see my message, Sam? You're not getting my messages? Yeah, and you'd make up some crap lie, like, oh, God, I guess maybe I'm not getting the messages. Like, there's some sort of algorithmic flaw with Facebook all of a sudden. Like, I'm just not getting Martin Roberts' messages all of a sudden. Yeah. He's also the kind of person in my head, because, obviously, like, when you don't like someone, you build up... 
in the same way, if you really fancy someone, you can build up fantasies about them. But with him, like, because you, when you, someone's so annoying, you just build up little personality traits that you don't know that they have, but you just suspect that they do. Yes. And I think he's someone at a party that would deliberately try and get into a conversation. Like, if you ever met these people, they kind of go, they would like be next to you and they'll go, it's unbelievable, isn't it? And you go, what? And then they just start talking. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because they can't just go, yeah. hi, it's me, Martin Rabbit from Holmes Under the Hammer. And you'd be like, I can't talk to you, Martin. <laughs> yeah. You're the world's most annoying man. You need to do that button up. Do you remember what happened button. last time? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Don't, let's not do that again. Uh, God, God, it's funny, isn't it? What's funny? No, I was just saying to a friend of mine, like, oh, I'm in, I'm in, I'm in, I'm in. Oh, no. I'll get you on Facebook, yeah, I'll send you a message at 10 o'clock at yeah. night, yeah, we'll have a good chat about it. Yeah. You know. The house price is in this area. That's and, what would happen yeah. is you'd end up talking to him, she'd be like, so, got any advice about buying mm. houses and stuff like that? Yes. You know. See, uh, have you watched any of them recently? Well, yeah, but like you're saying, that they're all from, like, you don't know how old they are until, like, a Sierra Cosworth drive past in the background. You're <laughs> yeah. like, hang on, I think this was made when I was four. Yeah. It'll, it'll, uh, it'll give, like, the estimation on a house. And, uh, yes. and it'll be, like, it'll be like estimated uh, 2011. And it's like, oh, my God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. like, okay. He's uh, paying £50,000 for this mansion. You're thinking, oh, he's not? What? Mm. Oh, my God, this is old. There's quite a weird dynamic on that programme now as well, with Dion Dublin's on there. But he, he's sort of the outlier on it, isn't he? Yeah. Because he's... Martin's very annoying, and the lady whose name escapes me. Lucy Alexander. Well done. <laughs> She's very smiley and annoying. Then it comes to Dion Dublin, who's not a presenter, but he seems to come off best. Mm. Because I think the worst trait in a presenter is when you try to present. Yes. So, uh, coming back from the news, <laughs> I was just saying, that, yeah, nice one. It's going crazy in the studio. That kind of thing. You, kind of think, you think, oh, God, shut up, I hate you. Yeah, that's perfect. Yeah. It's exactly what it's like. And I feel like um, like uh, Martin Roberts and Lucy Alexander, they've got this thing where they've uh, they've been playing off each other for so long and they've learned they've pre- almost moulded their presenting style from each other. Yeah. So it's this massive play for, uh, yeah, we're yeah. in this weird property. And then in the background, it's like, if it's like a greenhouse, they're playing green sleeves. Do you yeah. know what I mean? And there's always... <laughs> There's this kind of connection, but Dion Dublin's coming, and he's he. No one's taught him how to present, so he just is just doing it quite just naturally. Talking yeah. and yeah, yeah. Apart from if they're all three of them together, he kind of he has to up his game, he has to up his it. annoyance game. Yeah, literally in his head, he'd be thinking, "I think I need to be more of a prick." <laughs> Right, because I'm gonna, otherwise I'm gonna look bad. Yeah, yeah. Otherwise, that's it. Yeah. Um, otherwise, people are gonna be ignoring my messages at ten at night on yeah, Facebook yeah. Messenger. Hey, yeah. uh, remember what you were saying about houses and Enfield? Like, I actually got some really good advice for you. Do you know what? I don't want it. I don't want your advice, Martin. Yeah, I don't want it. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay, Martin Roberts. Dare I say, is there anything more on Martin Roberts? No, that's it. Okay, and who's gonna be your second person, Sam? So Martin Roberts is a type of person that I don't mm. like, and for me, he is the best example of that type of person. Okay, there is another type of person that I don't like. And it's someone who um, could have been a Martin Roberts, but has been maybe blessed with enough talent to be successful and has good looks. But because of that, they've become a monster. Oh, okay. Um, And they are just so sure of themselves. And it's Tom Hiddleston. Tom Hiddleston. Wow, okay. Tom Hiddleston. Yeah. Why Tom Hiddleston? I hate him. <gasps> okay. Well, I don't know him. No. Um, but uh, as is the case quite often on this programme. Yeah. Um, he's a very good actor. Mm. And he's very good at Loki. And one of the reasons he's very good at Loki is because Loki's a pompous, mm. self-aggrandising twat. And Hiddleston can just phone that in. Because he 
sort of is. Yes, okay. And it started happening. Like, this is what happens. You don't realise these people are going to be such dicks <laughs> until they get fed too much praise. Mm. And what happens is they just kind of slurp it up. They love it. You know, I think the trick with people who get famous and get successful and, you know, and get a lot of adulation is that to survive it, they sort of need to move back and kind of go, well, do you know what? This is not real. Mm. You know, this person screaming about me on Twitter. It's not a real thing. You know, you have to have a kind of a distance from it. I think he just drinks it all up, and I think it's feeding this ego. Oh, so no. he started, when he's doing interviews on like Graham Norton or on American TV, he's becoming quite well-known for his impressions. Ah. Do you know what? They're all right, but they're not great. But in his head now, he just thinks he is like, that's his part. He is someone that has so many party tricks. Probably when he's putting his clothes on over his sort of perfectly svelte little body before he goes out, he's probably planning in his head, like, I'll do that tonight. It'll bring the house down. Right, yeah. No one else can exist in his orbit. He will suck the oxygen out of the air. Oh. I just think he's sort of loathsome in a way. Oh, <laughs> wow. I, I just... But again, I'm projecting it. I don't know him. No, of course. But I suspect that... You suspect. I don't think he's a very nice person. And also, I don't want to be around someone like that because if you are extrovert in any way... Mm. You almost have a responsibility as an extrovert person not to completely consume the, the the conversation or be completely like this, you know, clown all the time, so other people can speak and enjoy stuff. I don't think he would give two hoots about that. He I wouldn't. Think he would just, you know, lay waste to it and just dominate and control dominate, every room. Keep the spoils for himself, and then feel absolutely wicked about it. Obviously. Yes, not come away and think I, th- I probably talked a bit too much about myself. Yeah, which tonight. was every. Which, I always I'd go to a party the next morning. I'm like, oh god, I was like banging on. I was banging on, wasn't that's, I? That's what I, I do. hate myself the next morning. I hate myself. He probably wakes up and just, you know, lies back and thinks about all the things he said and sort of gently. God, that joke went himself. down well. well. That impression that went down good. so he, well. Yeah, he make a little note of it, like, yeah, do that again. We'll, we'll I'll do that again at the Baftas. What's um. What else is he in at the minute? I, I haven't seen him in. I'm, I'm not sure what else he's, he's been in. He's he was in that thing, which I mean, again, I can't watch Top. things that he's in. I mean, I do watch the Marvel things. Yeah, but um, he was in that series, the Night Manager, Night, the Night, ah, the yes. Night, Night Man. Might... God, he's in some big stuff, isn't he? Yeah, he's huge. He's huge. He's huge. Oh. He's done really, really well. But he can just phone in that Loki character and. Uh, and that's him. Yeah. Tom Hiddleston. Wasn't he... He's going out with Taylor Swift. He's living some good life, That was supposedly... Mm. Uh, 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 well, it was rumoured that was a, res- uh, um, a relationship of convenience. Ah. But I don't know what the convenience is. I mean, why, why do you want to be... You know, what? You're not getting roles? What? Things <laughs> yeah. a bit slow for you? <laughs> what are you doing? I should go out with Taylor Swift. Yeah. I've had a bad year. Yeah, exactly. Why won't Taylor Swift go out with me? <laughs> yeah, exactly. It would really help. Tom Hiddleston, okay. I know that character as well. And you're just like, oh, okay. And if there's a couple of you in the room and you think, right, you know, you're also trying this, you're yeah. also this type of person, you need to sort of give way sometimes and let the other one through. But yeah. he just wouldn't. He'd just, just relentless. Yeah, it'd be just like a sort of a, sort of a mad... Hiddleston. Whirling, <laughs> yeah, mad Hiddleston. Just, you know, like the kind of person that would just eat all the shrimp from a buffet and just be like... Yeah, I love shrimp, so what? Yeah, exactly. Okay. I'll have the shrimp. Yes. Mm-hmm. What impressions have you seen him do? Uh, so he does impressions of his cast members. He does impressions of, like, Chris Evans from the, you know, he plays uh, Captain America ah, yeah. and things like that. And they're fine. Actually, you can tend to do impressions of people. Well, I know I did an impression of Martin Roberts, but, I mean... Mm, it was a good impression. I, I don't know if it is, but I felt like I had his essence. I thought it was good. Um, 
But he, so he does impressions of his cast members quite well because you're around people, it's quite easy to pick up their things. But he's like, I watched this thing saying, my favourite film is Heat, and uh, it's a great scene between Pacino and De Niro. I'm surprised he didn't call them Alan Bob. Mm, you know, yeah. he can't wait to get to the Alan Bob stage. <laughs> Me and Bob. Um, Robert De Niro. You know Robert De Niro. Yeah. Ah, Bob, yeah, Bob, Bob, Bob. <laughs> yeah. And he does this impression of it, but his voice is too high. It's just rubbish. Yeah. Just rubbish. Okay. You know, just save it. Yes, it's no just good. stop. Just do the interview and, and... Have you seen this video? God, I'm banging on now. Of him on Japanese television where they're no. like, go, go, go sing. And he gets on stage and he does a rendition. A serious rendition of Michael Jackson's Man in the Mirror. If you haven't seen it, watch it. I mean, it went viral, I believe. Okay. So he gets up with the dance moves and all the hip and ease and he does all that business. Now, I could see me doing something silly like that, but I'd hope that if I did that, you'd be looking at me going, oh, he doesn't mind making a fool of himself. You know, or if anyone did it, that's, you can't, that's mm, what you'd hope. Okay, you'd hope yes. that you were entertaining people by being silly. You'd look at Hiddleston, you just go... Oh, he thinks he does a really good Michael Jackson. <laughs> right, okay. And that, and at the end, they're going crazy. And the adulation, you see it. You can see his powers growing. His eyes are glowing red, you know. Mm, yes, I'm good at Michael Jackson. Oh, I'll do that one at the Emmys. You okay, know. yes, yeah. Yeah. It's not like he thinks, okay, like, no-one's going to see this. I'll just do it and, you know, he's really into it. Oh, yeah. He practised at home. He's in, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. He's, yeah, he's practised it. Oh, okay. He doesn't need to. No, 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 but no. But there no. will never be enough... Angulation. I think I'm going to take this away with me and in the future call it doing a Hiddleston whenever I see anyone doing that. He's Hiddlestoning. Yeah, he's yeah. absolutely Hiddleston. Holding court, but just too much. Are we giving him too much, though, by by giving it that moniker? Do you know what I mean? Saying that, like, if other people are doing a Hiddleston, is he, is he one? No, because that personality type that I've created in my head and attributed to him maybe unfairly, criticism doesn't bounce off those people mm. because if you take the adulation to heart, you also leave yourself open for taking the criticism to heart. So if he heard that, his exact reaction would be like, <laughs> cool, Hiddleston, that's funny. Yeah. And, the, you know, and he would turn, to, and then the camera, he would turn away, and then the imaginary camera in his mind would catch him going, bastards, <laughs> like that. It would really hurt him. Yeah. Any slight would hurt him. Okay. He's the kind of person that, in a post-apocalyptic world, would become at first a benevolent dictator and then a malevolent dictator. Okay. He would sink to levels we've not witnessed in over 2,000 years. <laughs> OK. Um, normally, I ask uh, anything else on Tom Hiddleston. I think that's I it. think that's probably I, I, the... I've, I've accused him of war crimes. That's so the final that's, line, yeah, yeah. yeah. OK, Tom Hiddleston. <laughs> and Sam, who's going to be a third choice? I agonised about this. OK. Um, it was... Amanda Holden was really in the running. OK. Um, again, because I sense there is a sort of a dispassionate evil running through her. Um, <laughs> do you know what I mean? I think, that she would, I think that she would walk over the bones of your family if it meant her getting a L'Oreal contract. She doesn't care. Again, I don't know her. This is just conjecture. But it's going to actually be someone who was for a short time a hero of mine. It's Gordon Ramsay. <gasps> Gordon Ramsay. Big hitter, Gordon Ramsay. Yeah. Okay, please. So, so I used to be a chef. Oh, right. So when I was cooking, um, this Gordon Ramsay documentary came out. It's called Boiling Point. Gordon Ramsay was pretty unknown outside of cooking circles at the time. 
and he was going for his third Michelin star at his flagship restaurant in uh, Hospital Road in Chelsea. And this documentary came up, and it was amazing. But it was basically him trying to open his restaurant, and you had this sort of six-foot-one, 17-stone man with these sort of pits in his face, screaming at these people, and, and no-one could believe that kitchens were like that, but I knew that they were. And I just, like, my parents were like, why would anyone work for him? And I'd be like, because it's the army, Mum. You don't understand. It's like the army. <laughs> okay. You know, because your head chef becomes almost like your father figure, mm. no matter how sort of psychotic they are. Mm. Or your mother figure, if it's a female chef, they don't tend to be as uh, mentally as unwell. Um, but you end up kind of having that kind of relationship with them where they will trounce you and push you and harangue you. And at one point they'll say, that's perfect, well done. And you're like, yeah. You know, like your dad, you know, like yes. it's that kind of weird relationship where you're looking for the, the approval. So I totally got him. And he was anti-celebrity chef and he was making beautiful food and he was kind of, you know, really putting us on the map a bit more. And, and then he became this vain, mm. uh, plastic surgery having, tight T-shirt wearing... Bellend. Yes. And what he did is he took that kind of ferocious um, attitude, which is not necessary in a kitchen, but is prevalent, and anyone who works in kitchens will kind of understand it, why it sometimes happens. And he took it, and he just started doing it to people completely unnecessarily, as, mm. as that was his thing. Right, OK. So he ended up doing sort of kitchen nightmares where he'll go in and go, hey, we built this restaurant and uh, people ain't coming in no more. And he goes, huh? Yeah? That's a shithole, isn't it? Huh? You're an idiot. Look at this. That's rubbish. You're stupid. You're an idiot. Um, and just you know, this one woman trying to come when he was doing um, Hell's Kitchen and a woman came up to complain at the past, like, you know, why, why is she complaining? She's eating food on a TV show. Just mm. go away. Mm. But she's like, I've been waiting for my... Entree for 20 minutes. And he just went, get out of it, pig face. <laughs> oh, <laughs> pig face. Wow. Old woman. And, you know, even then I was kind of like, me and my wife just laugh about Gordon Ramsay all the time. She thinks it's absolutely hilarious. Like, yeah, it's ridiculous. He's a man who works in the restaurant business. He can't say restaurant. <laughs> restaurant? Huh? Restaurant? <laughs> restaurant? Huh? Restaurant? Yeah. Restaurant? It's not a word, you idiot. <laughs> so he started to really grate on me. Huh? Um, and so, yeah. Do you, is, do you think part of this is because you looked up to him so much that now it, everything, all, all of this fall from the person that you saw at the time adds to this this person that he's... Um, adds, because you looked up to him so much, the fact that he's changed so much, it, it, it hurts you even more. Well, it's, I think it's more that um, the true colours have been revealed. Like, because there's a sense of honour at the beginning that he was a chef, he was behind the stoves, he was doing this stuff, he was cut and bloodied with the rest of them. He was the leader of the pirate ship, as it were, mm. you know, and he, and he ruled them hard, but he ruled them fair kind of yes, attitude. Yes, And now he's just, um, you know, tarting about on TV. He does this thing, he always wears tight T-shirts, and if you see him standing, he folds his arms like this, yeah, and right. his left hand will go under his right bicep when you cross your arms. And you see him, when the camera goes on him, he tenses. Gets it. He tenses. So you can see that he's got arm muscles. He is, you know, so it, he was, he is someone that has become a victim and he, his vanity and his mm. bullying nature um, have become completely, completely, sorry, completely exposed by his new surroundings. Yes. You know, he's a... Uh, he's just become this, like, reality TV parody of himself. He's exactly what he said he didn't like. He's exactly that. And he doesn't care. And the reason why I wouldn't want to have him on the island is because he is someone, again, that would completely dominate. Mm. But he dominates in that way that 
you know, like you've got a family friend, like, and you, you see them at a party, and every time you see them, they do something, and they come to you and go, oh, but a few pounds, mate. <laughs> and they do things like that, because it's like it's banter. Yeah. And you're like, your, your banter is just hurting people. I don't understand what your banter is. Yes. That, is that what... Is that ban? Is that is what that, this is? Is, is this that what fun? Is that fun? Is, yeah. is, is what you're doing fun? Yeah, it's not... Yeah. Well, I'll just walk up to you and go, oh, you've got f- lines in your face. That's yeah, weird. exactly, yeah. You know, it's just it's stupid. Just, yeah. Why would you do that? Um, so I just think he would be a monster on the island. And yes. that's taken away from the fact he'd be able to cook. Yeah. Which would be really useful. It would be. But you're a chef, so you'd be able to cook. I can't make fires. Someone's got to make a fire. I'm Some, rubbish at mm. fires. But, yeah, uh, looking at this, Tom Hiddleston thinks he can make a fire. Tom Hiddleston thinks he can do everything. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like he, he's the first guy going, guys, I'll make a fire, make a fire. Yeah. And when he fails, he'll, be, he'll blame someone else. Or yes. He'll get in your ear like, mm-hmm. well, the thing is, so-and-so brought me wet wood or... Yeah, you know, OK, like, yes, yeah. Gordon Ramsay. I'm, I do enjoy watching those programmes to a degree, but mostly for just how ridiculous they are. Oh, yeah. You just watch it and you just think, it's like watching uh, watching a car crash. You just can't... You just can't look away. It's, you, if you start an episode, maybe it's the way they cut them together, but you just think... They're horribly edited. Yeah. It's vile. And it's like, you're just getting... It's, you see the end at the beginning, and then you're like, like an what's onslaught, happening? Isn't it? Yeah, it's just like an absolute... It is an onslaught. Yeah. They're just chucking clips at you. Yeah. And, uh, like, hopefully they'll be in some order that makes some kind of sense. Yeah. Um, how do they find these... Like restaurants that they go to. Oh God, I don't know. Uh, they've got to plant people, I think. Uh, the, I mean, you watch the on the American Kitchen Nightmares, whatever mm. it's called. Uh, they at the end they say like, you know, there are people who paid people here. Um, so the whole thing is very produced. Yes, definitely. There's definitely set pieces that are planned. Like when he goes in to do this or that, you know, there's definitely set pieces. Mm, okay. And what I love is when people kick off at him, like he'll go in and go, ah, fatso, hey, your kitchen's a mess. Yes. Ah, ah, your restaurant's a mess. Your restaurant is a mess. <laughs> yeah. ah, you fat idiot. Like yeah. that. And, they, and the guy will go, it's cool, you, man. This is my place. He'll go, oh, what? You're coming at me. And he's all surprised. Yeah. Oh, what? How dare you? I'm just here to help you. Like, what's, what, <laughs> what? what is going on in your mind? I know. What is going on in your mind that you think it's okay to talk to people like that? So he's, I feel like he's trying to tell turn his um his image around a little bit because i saw an advert recently on youtube i don't know whether i'd been looking for recipes or something i'd you know just uh, google recipes look on jamie oliver or whatever yeah. and um then next time i went on youtube there was an advert for gordon ramsay and it was a similar type of thing to what um jamie oliver does yeah, yeah, yeah. and it's like gordon ramsay's like now i'm at home i'm yeah, in my with, kitchen with my kids you know, i'm wheeling out to yeah, make me look good exactly in this in this lovely but like homely looking kitchen yeah, that yeah. isn't my kitchen it's probably a studio and it's just like wow you just that's it now because you you've seen a okay someone's marketed that towards you yeah, right he's going for a softer side he's had his hair tinted he's had the botox done he's getting his kids hey come on jack come help me pickle this celery i've watched them and as a gordon ramsay aficionado that is his kitchen Oh, Back it is his, house, his kitchen. His house, yeah, and um, his kitchen units, his stoves and everything. I think his stove cost £100,000 or something ridiculous like that. Had to be airlifted in, like helicoptered and craned in. Wow, so, um, yeah. OK. But that's when I liked him. Um, but yeah, yeah, he's definitely trying to soften his image because he's, he's completely Hollywood. He's completely absorbed with himself. Yes. Know? Have you ever seen him in person? No. OK, interesting. No. No, I'm just, I'm just interested to know. No, I, 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 I wouldn't like to meet him. I think I'd find it very... Um, quite scary. Yeah, I think so. I don't think because of all the shouting. I just think he's just, he's quite an oppressive, sound like a Scientologist, he's quite an, op- he's an oppressive individual. He's, he's, he'll be, huh? he's constantly on you, isn't he? <laughs> yes. You know, like ticking and, you know. Yes, yes. I think he's quite strange in real life. Okay. I think he's affected. I think it's all gone to him a bit. Okay, Gordon Ramsay. Anything else on Gordon Ramsay? His food's a bit old hat now. 
Oh, okay. Is it? Mm. Is it? Yeah, he's lost it. He makes burgers wrong. <gasps> really? Yeah, he puts eggs and breadcrumbs in them. And is that old? Is that old news? That's how British people used to make burgers. Mm. We don't do that anymore. Okay. It's a disgrace what you're doing. <gasps> do we follow American methods now? We do, yes. Yeah, we just, I use, we, we just use the beef unseasoned and we push it into a patty, Man. either on the grill or we don't touch it at all. Give it just the beef and season it as we cook it. How long ago were you a chef? From the age of about 17 to the age of about 26. And then a little really? bit after, like, one in-between jobs. And why did you start? Because it's awful and I hated it. OK, um, fair play. <laughs> no, I went to drama school. I was a, I was a chef at Stringfellows. Oh, for right. a year and a half. OK. So I had to cook dinner for lots of awful people. Mm. Um, Simon Cowell a lot. Really? Yeah, he would come in and he would sit in Peter's chair, the late Peter Stringfellow, and he would sit in Peter's chair, which was a throne, and he'd order girls to sit around the table. And each girl being sat around the table was about £200 an hour. So he's spending thousands and thousands, and they all sat and ate. I don't think he was massively interested in them particularly, but I, don't, I think he liked the image of being seen at a table with girls. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. Wow. So it was the, the, the hours there were just, you know, you'd start at half six in the evening and you'd finish at half two. Yeah. You'd leave about three, four. Nah. And it drives you insane. Yeah, after a while, yeah, for yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Quiet. Um, um, during, during winter, you because you sleep all day, you don't see daylight after a while. It's a bit like living in sort of one of those sort of, was it like a Nordic, like, like living in Iceland? <laughs> what, what, what that country is where like the sun just never doesn't comes appear up. for yeah. like a, six months or whatever. Yes, yeah. Um, yeah, it, it does something to your... Well, that must have been an odd place to work. It's a very strange place to work. Was it? Yeah. A lot of characters or...? Yeah, a lot of characters. Mm. Um, yeah, it's a very weird thing. It was a very strange period of my life. Okay. Yeah. Not where I saw myself ending up. No, yeah. And then I managed to get into drama school, so I left when I was 26. Okay. But they were, yeah, they were going to give me the, the, you know, the new Stringfellows on, uh, the newer one, mm. which I think they've lost now, um, on uh, Wardour Street. Mm. They were going to ask if I wanted to be head chef at that one. I'm really glad that that didn't happen because I might have in weakness kind of taken it. And, and be there now. I'll be there now, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I could still go back. There's always time. <laughs> um, being a chef, is it? Ch- I'm, I'm asking you a lot of questions, but I'm very interested now. Um, do you, um, being a chef, like, do you find that you're maybe a bit more picky about what you eat at home and like meals that you have? No. Do you think? No. Okay. Chef, chefs eat dreadful food. Really? Yeah. I remember working in restaurants and we would not eat any of the food in the restaurant and we'd clear up and we'd go to the kebab house next door. And that's just how it was. Yeah, we don't, you know, we can appreciate finer things. And as a chef, there's virtually nothing I don't like or can't like. Mm. Um, but, you know, I've got a decent palate, but at the same time, I like kebab meat and chips. Okay, nice. Oh, fair play. All right. It's, it's really, really delicious. <laughs> it's good. Yeah. It's really good. Okay. All right, Sam. Um, now, mercifully, among the wreckage of the plane, there was some food and drink left over. Unfortunately for you, it's your least favourite food and drink in the world. What are they and why are they so bad? Again, I agonise over this. Mm. Um, there's literally nothing I don't like. Yes, okay. There are some things that I'm not that keen on. I'm not, you know, caraway seeds. But, you know, like, yeah. that's like... That's not really a food. It's just some a seed that yes. tastes a bit minging, and yes. that's about it. Is that but, it? But I figured out the food that I don't like, and mm. again, it comes back to, you know, 
Martin's a type of person. Mm. Tom's a type. Tom first names. Tom's a type of person. <laughs> yeah. Gordon's a type of person, uh, and this food is a food that tells me about a type of person mm. nine times out of ten. Mm-hmm. And it's a uh, very well done steak. Very well done steak. Yeah. Okay, go on, please. Because I don't understand what it is. Right. Um, it to me, it's like. It fundamentally misunderstands the idea of what steak is. I feel that people who eat well done, and apologies if you do, I feel that people who eat well done steak are eating steak because they feel they should be eating steak. Right, OK. I think eating well done steak is like having sex badly. It's like, I'm having sex, I feel like I should be having sex, but I'm going to make no effort to do it properly. OK. Well. So so what are people missing with a steak? Well, the, the flavour steak is... Uh, is a tender cut, so it doesn't need a lot of cooking to become tender. Mm. Um, if you cook it to a certain point, it's going to get very tough because you're going to cook all the blood and juices out of it. Mm. So you're eating something that is naturally in it. You, you've cooked it to its worst possible state. It's, you know, it's tough. You've lost all the blood. Yes. You've lost all the flavour. Yes. I don't know why you're eating it. I don't know why you're eating it. Okay. It doesn't make any sense. Yes. It's like kind of saying, it's like kind of going, oh, my favourite drink is... I don't know, uh, Coca-Cola, and then boiling it into a syrup and then filling it full of salt and eating that, drinking that. I mean, it doesn't make any sense. Wow, OK. It doesn't make any sense eating wild on steak. So, so is rare the only way to go? Not at all. Not no. at all. Okay. Uh, I think different cuts... God, I'm turning into a bloody... Hanging on about chefs. <laughs> uh, different cuts, I think, differently. I think if you mm. have a fillet steak, I think you want that rare mm. or even blue because mm. it's so tender. There's yes. no fat in it. Yeah. Ribeye, you've got quite a lot of sinew and fat in there. It kind of needs to feel a bit of heat. So medium rare, medium for that. Rump, medium rare. Yeah, okay. Sirloin, medium rare for me. Yeah, or yeah. Or rare for sirloin, maybe. Yeah. But never, never well. Okay. Never well. It's just the worst. It's not good. No, no, no. I'm with you. It's just, it's just so interesting. You would go into a restaurant and say, oh, God, can I order that? Um, but could you ruin it for me? Mm. I think I'm I like uh, of any steak that I've eaten recently. Yeah, I think I've gone rare, medium rare. But I yeah. think I think that that's. Um, I, I just think I didn't used to. I never. I would never say well done. No. But I think that I, being a sort of, um, I think I just always went medium, and I'd just say medium, and mm. I'd, I wouldn't know what I was asking Medi- for. Medium, yeah. Well, medium's fine because I think people tend to say medium or medium rare because they're scared of going to get something that's still, you know. You know, my dad used to say, you know, just wipe its ass and bring it to the table. Yes. But if you go, if you, if you order rare or medium rare in France, you're probably going to get it rarer than you would here mm. because chefs don't want you to send it back. So a medium rare here is probably a, a, a medium in France. Okay, I see. All right. I mean, um, I haven't been eating meat recently. But, oh, good on you. But, well, I mean, it's not that. I'm not being self righteous, but um, I, um, I do. I, I do love a steak. Yeah. And, like, uh, it was... I was out, actually. I kind of embarrassed myself. I was out with my girlfriend and some of the, her friends that she went to university with. And um, they... We were in a restaurant, and I wasn't really paying att- to attention... Too much attention to the quality of the restaurant. And I think it was a fairly nice restaurant. And um, the two guys that I was talking to, they are ordering the steak. And I, was, I thought, oh, that sounds really nice. We'll order the steak. And then uh, they came and they asked how we'd like our steak done. And... They both said rare, and that really scared. Like I, I don't know why it just yeah. put the fear in me. I just thought I've, I've never had rare, so yeah. I ordered medium, and then they they both said you've done the wrong thing. 
it was like yeah. a, a bavette steak bavette, oh, bavette. Ste- oh, yeah no, no, you can't have bavette medium i did i did yeah because because bavette is is a totally weird cut because it's um it is quite a, it's, it's a it's only tender when it's really rare and so you start to cut it it's you, you could almost stew bavette because it's kind of it's the grain is weird in it the fat mm. is strange in it that you kind of really rare tender and tasty and gorgeous still mm. a bit chewy but really lovely mm. it's, 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 yeah. I messed up yeah, you only do that once you only do it once yeah okay alright and uh, yeah so who's ordering well done steak have you served any well done steak oh yeah 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 at the, re- at the yeah, so, club uh, Sean Wright Phillips Sean Wright Phillips Sean Wright, no not was it Sean? yes it was Sean Wright Phillips yes Sean Wright Phillips the footballer yeah the yeah the footballer yeah, yes yeah. so he came into Stringfellows and they said oh uh sh- Sean Wright Phillips is in. I'm like, oh, right, okay. He said, he wants a steak. I said, okay, how, you know. The check came through, he said, steak, well done. God, all right. So with well done, I'd always cook it sort of just above medium. I'm not going to ruin it. Mm. I, I, just to see if, like, you know, to give them a chance. And the waitress came in, um, and the waitresses there naturally did not look like waitresses at other establishments. They, you know. Yes. And, uh, and she came and said, actually, he wants it very well done. And, you know, heart sings. So there's a, there's a rule in the kitchen that if someone orders the well-done steak, like you've got a big sirloin, you're going to cut all the steaks off. The crappiest one, the, the end one or whatever, the bit that's a bit wonky and doesn't look as good, that's for people who order well-done. Mm. Or the older piece. Mm. That's what you're getting if you order well-done. Right, yeah. The, the yeah. cut-off. Okay. Because it's going to shrink so much, they're never going to, you know, you're going to cook the life out of it, so you're never going to get, it's never going to look good anyway. Yeah. So you cook it on the grill. And I cooked the life out of it, finished it in the oven, like it was horrible, like rubber, hard, you know, you know, and he cracked the plate when I put it on there, Ugh. and it went out, and it came back, and he, he said, it's too rare for him. I was like, you're joking. And so this is completely unprofessional, and I'm not a chef anymore, and I don't think I'd work as a chef anymore if he heard this. But, so, we kicked it around the kitchen for a little bit, <laughs> just to toughen it up. Uh, chucked it in the fryer, deep fried it, not in fact, just deep fried the meat for ages and ages and ages. So, I mean, this thing is like, it's just, it's just a carcinogen now. It's just charcoal and sent it back out. Like, it was horrific. It was, it was like the tongue from a, a brogue. Oh, yeah. And uh, it came back and said it was the best steak he'd ever had. <laughs> That's horrible. Yeah. Amazing, isn't it? That is amazing. Yeah. It's just like a piece Absolutely of... Absolutely loved it. Just a piece of coal, just like... Just, yeah, just... just, just <laughs> Can't, you know, just horrible, just it's horrible. Yeah. Okay, Sean. That's something you'd pull out of a house fire. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well done, steak. I mean, arguably, if you're on the island, any sustenance would see you through. But yeah, there's no excuse in in, in this society. I mean, steak is expensive as well, so you're paying above the odds. You know, if yes. you want something horrible and overcooked, we'll do that for you for 10 quid. Yeah, OK. You, know, you don't need to pay 30 quid for that. We'll do that for you cheap. Nice. We've got stuff in the kitchen we can ruin. Don't ruin a steak. <laughs> yeah, OK. OK, well done, steak. And what's going to be your drink choice? Uh, it's a toss-up between Foster's and Carling. Again, because anyone who orders those in a pub when there is a choice, yeah. <laughs> uh, I can't forgive. I'm with you. I'm exactly the same. Yeah. They're two of the just like the lowest rung... They're awful. Beers. They're horrible. 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 Yeah. yeah. And I don't. I'm not fancy. I'm not like a craft ale guy. Mm. I mean, like my one of my favourite beers out of the can is Budweiser. Doesn't taste of much. Lovely and cold. Happy days. But this stuff is just putrid. Yeah. Um, and what you said, I used to run a pub as well. So like when I was not doing kitchen stuff, and um, this guy came in, and you got the row of the, all the beers lined up, you know, all the pumps and everything. 
And this guy comes in, he's the only customer in there. And he walks up and down the row of beers, like, rubbing his chin, you know, like... Normally when someone does that, they're going to pick a... They're going to pick quite a weird ale. Mm. Like a dark ale or something like that. Yeah. He goes up and down. He looks at every single one. And he goes, got any Fosters? <sighs> oh, I could have smacked him there and then. It's like, <laughs> not only have you been looking at all the beer pumps, which clearly tell you everything that we have, you've looked at all of that, you know, Star of Praman, mm. Cobra on Draft, lots of interesting things, Guinness, lovely ales, and you've said, have you got any Fosters? As if we're like, well, of course, we'll have the back, so we keep all the magic drink. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I said, no. He's like, oh. And he didn't order anything, he left. Oh, what? So there's this weird thing, like, and you go to a bar and you hear it, I always listen out for it, like I'm tuned to listen out for it now, people kind of go, Got any Fosters? It's like, what are they putting in this stuff? Yeah. It's like the McDonald's of Lagos. Oh, I quite like McDonald's, but there's something about it that people like really just want Fosters. Yeah. But it's... It's horrible. Bad I don't drink. understand. I mean, I think um, when I was a kid growing up, my dad used to just have crates of Fosters like in the fridge, but I don't, my dad's not much of a... A beer drinker. No. So it's like... That's the beer where people you, go and get to the supermarket, like, oh, we got some beers in for Christmas. Like, what did yeah. you get? And it's always like, well, we got some Stella or we got some Fosters because that's the one they know. And you're like, oh, God. Uh, and in that situation, drink it. Fine. I understand sure. it. Sure. But growing up, it, it was like um, when we were snaffling away the first beers, like yeah, as yeah, teenagers, yeah. and it would be like, oh, I'm going to nick some beers from my dad's fridge or whatever. And it would just have like some cans of John Smith's and some cans of Foster's that yeah. he never touched, right? <laughs> Almost gone out of date. And so that's all I knew. That's all I knew what beer was. So like yeah. when I started going to Reading Festival, they had Carling. Yeah. That was the beer they had on at Reading Festival. And so I was drinking that, and you didn't know much else. I knew it wasn't good because it didn't taste great. No. But then you get opened up to this world of just other beers. Yeah. And you think, how... That the- aren't actively horrible. Yeah, yeah, yeah that yeah. are just like a decent, like yeah, yeah. nice beer. Because normally know. there's a temperature that you can get anything to mm. that it's going to become palatable. So any beer that you don't like, you think, well, if I get it cold enough, yes. that kind of numbs the... Yeah. You know, things get uh, less flavourful as they get colder. So, but there isn't a temperature that you can get Fosters to where it doesn't taste like Fosters. And it's, yeah. And no one in Australia drinks Fosters. No. If you've spoken to an Australian about Fosters, they'll laugh in your face. Yeah. Don't drink it. Does it exist there? Doesn't it? Yeah, but I oh, mean, like, does, like yeah. hardly. Right, okay, you right, know? yeah, yeah. It's just a, an, a mental marketing ploy, isn't it? Oh, just yeah. to convince us that that's And they a... took over the Comedy Award in Edinburgh, so it was the Fosters Award. And so everything is plastered with Fosters. No one there drinks it. No, of course. No one's drinking it. No. There's two beers at the festival that you can get in all the places that are festooned with all the mm. um, uh, advertising and everything. And it's Fosters and Heineken. Well, it's, it's Fosters, but they also serve Heineken. Mm. Maybe I think it's the same DV brewery or whatever. Ah, yeah. Everyone just drinks Heineken. Yeah. Heineken's not brilliant, but it's It's better. better. Yeah, better. definitely better. Yeah. yeah. Um, even uh, like uh, I went to some football at the weekend and it was um, at... Wembley Stadium and they had Stella on in um, the cups. Yeah, it was actually all right. I thought this is all, this is okay. Stella's a weird one, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, I thought kind of... this is all right, but it, I thought at stadium it'd be awful, but it was okay. Yeah, cold again. Stella cold. Yeah, but they, they. I mean, the thing about Stella is they add sugar to it. Like if ah. you look at the ingredients on Stella, it's like m- m- malted barley, wheat, hops, and um, some glucose business. Right, so they pump sugar into it to make it even more oh okay yeah, that's bad that's, yeah that is yeah. bad yeah. I don't think they used to do it so there you go okay so it's going to be Foster's and Carling horrible just yeah just foam you can just, Carling is just foamy as hell have you ever like been at a house party when the beer has run out like you like someone's they've nicked all your beers from the fridge yep, yep. you're like you bastards yeah. and you go in there and there's, and there's, and there's no beers and someone 
there's some warm carling somewhere. <gasps> and it's that part of the party where you're like, oh, man, do I have a drink problem? Because I'm going to drink this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and then you drink, it's like four in the morning or something. And you drink it and you're like, God, even now... Uh, yeah. I, I could drink a vodka and Coke now. And yeah. I hate vodka and Coke. Yeah. Like, like, that's yeah. the most yeah. But Carling, even then, people are going, oh, bad, that is horrible. That is that's horrible. horrible. Yeah, that's nasty, yeah. yeah. How it still exists is crazy. It's kind of, it's the marketing thing, isn't it? I mm. mean, the fact that people would ask for it over... But then that's the same person that's having a well-done steak. Yeah. Fosters and Carling are going to be your drink choices. Thank you, Sam. Thank you. And um, fortunately for you, you won't be without entertainment on the island. The plane's entertainment system continues to work, but just your luck. It only has two working settings. One is your least favourite film of all time, and the other is your least favourite song. What, right. what are they and why? Well, I've got two kids. OK. And uh, I'm not putting them in. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I watch a lot of kids' TV. Yes. Um... And there's an upside to that is that we now have sort of bought through like online and have them on the telly, like all the like Pixar films and everything. They're mm. amazing. Mm. Like Coco and Moana, which I probably wouldn't have gone out of my way to watch, but are some, Brilliant, yeah. some of the best films I've ever seen. Like mm. They're amazing. And I love that the kids love them. But also kids get obsessed with some of the worst films. Um, and the other day, because I've got two of them and they're, and they're both kind of verbal, uh, I'm like, what do you want to watch? And that's a stupid question. And then uh, and the little one goes, I Spider-Man, Spider-Man. And he, not that Spider-Man, that Spider-Man. No, not that Spider-Man, that Spider-Man. There's so much choice. I'm like, oh, God, I'm going to choose. So I chose this film, <laughs> and it's called Jack Frost. Okay. And it's a film in which Michael Keaton uh, <laughs> sullies that era of his career yeah. before his rebirth. Yeah. Post-Batman, pre-Birdman. Yeah. Um, and it's a film which he plays like a rock and roll singer mm. in like uh, in a band that are about to get signed, in a band that you can't imagine about are about to get signed, <laughs> like playing like hoary old middle of the road rock. Um, and in the band scenes, like they've not even synced up the drums. Like the, there's a drum fill and the drummer's not playing it. You're like, right. you've, you've you've pushed me out of the realism of this film anyway. Yeah. Regardless of the fact that he turns into a snowman. <laughs> yeah. uh, so anyway, he dies in a car accident. Which for a kid's film is already a bit, like, mm. he dies, okay. Um, and there's a snowman at home, and a year later, the kid builds a snowman and puts on his dead father's hat on the snowman and scarf. And for no reason whatsoever, the snowman becomes imbued with the soul of his dead dad. Yep. Unfortunately, the way they've animated the snowman is... They've given it a face that could only be described as evil. <laughs> like, Snowman looks evil. And if you're listening at home, please just, just quickly Google Jack Frost, Michael Keaton, and realise that that snowman on the cover is not a baddie. That's his dad. <laughs> <laughs> there are set pieces, and I try not to watch it, because like, it's just on, and the kid's watching it. Um, and he comes back, and it's rubbish, and it's awful, and it's... Yeah, and it's just, and it happens. But the reason I'm going to put it into my least favourite film is that my kids loved it. So I'm going to have to watch it again and again. Oh, no. Daddy, you can just watch that one where he turns into a snowman. And my kid just like, you know, like, it's the beginning of the film. He's like, is he a snowman yet? I'm like, no, he's not a snowman yet. Daddy, is he a snowman yet? I'm like, can you see a snowman? Is he a snowman? No, he's no snowman there. You'll know when he's a snowman because he'll be a bloody snowman. Yeah. He's not a snowman. He's on stage with a band. Yeah. He's- yeah, that's Michael Keaton, yeah. not a snowman. Do you? Um, when did they watch this? 
so they watched this. Uh, my wife was out. I think it was on a weekend. Okay, so uh, fairly recently. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, it, 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 um, am I right in saying it's a, a Christmas film? Is it? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. It's in, too in early it's got, for this. In that it's got... Oh, I mean, it's an old film. Ah, okay. It's an old film. Right. Like, a, it's, I think it's, like, late 90s, okay. early 2000s. Okay. But it is dirge. Ooh, it's, yeah. yeah, that's bad. It's the kind of film you know... And because he's got a vo- voiceover, all the bits. Like, he's got to record the voiceover for The Snowman. And you can see him in the recording studio wincing as he delivers this diarrhoea into the microphone. Oh. You can just see him thinking... I was Batman. Oh, I was Batman. I was Batman. I'm a really good actor. Oh. And the guy's character's name is Jack Frost. I mean, it's just... Yeah. Why? Yeah. He might as well be called Bill Snowman. It's yeah. just stupid. I hate it. Jack Frost. Okay, what you've done is you've done me a massive favour. If we yeah. can take this away, you've done me a massive favour because when my kids say, Daddy, can we watch... Jack Frost, I'm going to say, actually, no, no, I think there's this other film on. Yeah. And well, then, firstly, they're never going to say, can we watch Jack Frost? Okay. Because it will just be somewhere in the kids' section on Amazon Prime. Right. Okay. Somewhere. <laughs> yeah. But and, and also, they don't want to watch it because the snowman's face is the face of pure evil. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's so badly put together. If, if they see Animatronically, it, it's just a disaster. Luckily, they can't sit through a whole film as of yet, but I know when they... So my daughter, weirdly enough, she knows all the songs from Frozen and Moana, right? Yeah. But she's never sat, watched the whole thing. <gasps> really? It's crazy, yeah. I know all the songs from... <laughs> Frozen and Moana. Yeah, yeah, I've got yeah. them on my phone. Have you? <laughs> yeah, I don't know how they got... I think my phone just put them on there. I don't remember buying them, but Apple Music just every now and then just plays me Moana. Okay. And it's fine, but at the same time, I'm like... You're not telling everyone, are you? <laughs> Don't tell the adults around me. That. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. This is my favourite song, but <laughs> so Jack Frost is going to be a film choice, and what's going to be a song? Uh, She's so lovely by Scouting oh, for Girls. That is so good. She's so lovely. She's so lovely. She's so lovely. She's so lovely. Oh God. Oh, I feel a bit sick in my stomach. Go on. She's so lovely by Scouting for Girls. I don't think. If you're going to be the lead singer in a band and play the piano, you have to sit down. Okay. Okay. That, and that wasn't my original reason. I just, just thought of that. <laughs> okay. So, Elton John, you can sit down, you stand up, and you can kick the stool away. That's okay. So, Jerry Lee Lewis did that a bit, yeah, and he climbed yeah. the piano. That's okay. Mm. But, essentially, it, it was sat down. Uh, ben Folds mm. sits at the piano, yep. can stand up, jumps on the piano, fine. Yeah. Billy Joel, whatever you want. This guy puts his keyboard, keyboard, his little keyboard, like he has it in his room. Yeah. <laughs> and he puts it there and he stands face on and he sings like a kid trying to impress you. Like, yeah. Oh, Timmy's got a piano. <laughs> ding, 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 yeah. ding. Um, they play the kind of songs that when they're playing them, they smile. Oh, yeah. And I just can't yeah. stand anyone <laughs> smiling. Like, oh, isn't this upbeat? Isn't this a happy song? She's so lovely. Um, any of their songs <laughs> yeah. can make it. I just think... And they kind of snuck in. They were... They are the band equivalent of Martin from Homes Under the Hammer. Mm. And they snuck into the party via Britpop. Right. Like they were late and no one was checked. There was that point where no one was checking tickets anymore. Yeah. And they just snuck in and got themselves a band or whatever. That's good. And they are just like... The fact they're called Scouting for Girls, like, oh, working for girls. <laughs> oh, oh, we like girls. <laughs> they're all such dweebs, but yeah. not in a good way. Like, you know, and they're all so grinny and... Yeah. And I'm, you know, I don't ever wish the end of anyone's career. I don't ever do that because I think that's a harsh thing. 
but I'll be really glad when they're not making mm. music anymore. Like, who, who, I think they still play they, live. They do festivals and stuff, yeah, right? Yeah, I think they've just released a best of. Who's going to that? Just people who are on so much drugs. <laughs> no, they're not. People on so much drugs and they're lost. They're people that have just ordered the Fosters at the... Do you know what, yeah. They've just gone, they've gone to a steak sandwich place and said, make sure you absolutely burn that. <laughs> I want it to go really well on my Fosters. I'm going to watch a quick episode of Homes Under the Hammer. Love Tom Hiddleston. Got a tattoo of him on my ass. And I'm going to watch Scouting for Girls and Sing on She's So Lovely. That's a good chorus, isn't it? Yeah. That's a good chorus. It's a good chorus. Those words over and over again. Look the way he says lovely. That's good, isn't it? He really breaks it up. Makes two syllables three. That's good, isn't it? It's clever. That's so Now it scans. Oh, it scans. Well, uh, I think all their songs sound the same. Oh, they do? Isn't one like... I am Elvis, I am Elvis. Oh, yeah, there's one called I uh, am Elvis. Elvis. There's one called I Want to Be James Bond, which probably goes, Yes. I want to be James Bond. And then the bass player's going, Yeah, yeah. Rocking out with his bass a little bit high. Yeah. <laughs> Having a great time. God, looking at his, the singer and standing up at his piano thinking, Oh, I wish he didn't do that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Okay. She's so lovely, but oh, that's great. Anything else by Scouting for Girls? Yeah, all of the Scouting for Girls songs. Every Scouting for Girls song ever. <laughs> all of their B-sides. Can you imagine being forced to listen to the Scouting for Girls B-side? Oh, I remember a time. At, oh, my God, a Scouting for Girls B-side. <laughs> God forbid. Maybe the Scouting for Girls... You never hear them because they're just at really dark. Yeah. It's just like, <laughs> it's just, they let it out on the yeah, other side. Yeah, it's dark side. Yeah. I, think, I think maybe the worst combination would like be something like Scouting for Girls Unplugged. Can you imagine that? Just, oh, him, just him on his... But he wouldn't, he'd still be stood up, wouldn't he? Yeah. You know, a little piano that was all tall. And he'd stand up and the bass player on his uh, acoustic bass and the, the drummer playing with brushes. Oh, no. That'd be awful. No, yeah, yeah, no good. No. Scouting for Girls, She's So Lovely is going to be your song choice. Mm-hmm. And uh, finally, the island is overrun by the biggest dick of all the animals. Which animal is it and why? I'm going to put anteaters in. Anteaters? I don't like the way they look. <laughs> they look. They look like... Like someone just hung some Liberty fabric over a uh, over a banister. Was it? Did it? Was it you that I saw tweeted a video of an anteater? Yeah. <laughs> you couldn't tell if it was coming or going. Yeah, they're, they're, they're like a, they're like a VW Beetle. They look the same both ways. Yeah, they're awful, and they're just like they look like they've been, they look they look like a a central slice of another animal. It's just a cruel they're, joke. They're mental. Their noses. Are just, they just got long noses so they can eat ants. It's like well, if they didn't have if they didn't eat ants, they wouldn't have long noses. Yeah. If they just ate something else, they wouldn't look that way. Um, it's like that someone's put a mirror in the uh, in the middle uh, of the yes, and you've and it's just got the tail end, and you can just see it twice. Yeah, yeah, yeah they're exactly strange, and, and they just walk about. And I saw them at this place, um, so my kids, this sort of zoo place, and um, they just walk about, and they and they're walking about but looking up. I'm like, pretty sure there's no ants up there. Mate. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> what are you doing? You're not looking as an animal. What are you doing? You're not looking for ants. What, so what are you doing? What is the zoo doing though? Are they putting ants in the ground for them to go for? Or? I guess so. Or do they just hope ants are going to turn up? Yeah, I don't Maybe know. Maybe that's why they're walking around. They're like, there's no goddamn ants in this place. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah. They look so weird. An island overrun with those as well. That's going to fuck with your head be up for a while. It's awful. Yeah. yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, if you're stuck on an island, you're probably going to make a sexual advance on the animal at some point. Yes. I'd rather it wasn't an anteater. You know, as you slowly go insane and marry one of the local animals, because, you know, that's an inevitability. It's like a prison, you know. <laughs> A sexual advance. Yeah, you, you, after a while, you're going to get desperate, and you're probably going to. I can't get it out of my head. Yeah. Just thinking about you it. Could, anteater. 
Oh, Either side, because it's both the same. I've got a very vivid imagination, Sam. It's horrible. I wish I hadn't said that. <laughs> I can't look at you the same. Actually, I should I should urge people to go to your Twitter feed and see that video of Anteaters. Yeah, please do. It's horrific, yeah. yeah. Um, Sam, thank you so much for coming oh, in. Oh, thank you for having me. It's, it's been, been loads fun. of fun. Yeah, it's been loads of fun. Sam, tell us about the podcast. Tell me about Desert Island Crisps. Well, yeah, so part of the whole Desert, Desert Island-y, Island-y thing. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, yeah, we started doing it uh, about six months ago. Um, it's basically people come on it's very similar obviously it's similar to the Desert Island format Mm. Um, but yeah we've had some great guests on and I think um, the best way to describe it is that when we were sort of pitching the idea around and talking about it people were like you're not going to be able to talk about crisps for an hour so are you just going to use it as a jumping off point for a chat we said no we actually want to talk about crisps for an hour and they said, um, one of the guys who does the editing, he said he was at a party and everyone was like, that's not going to work, it's a terrible idea. And he said he sat back and watched as the entire party talked about crisps for two hours. And he's like, see? Because, yeah. you know, everyone's got their relationship and their history with crisps. Yeah. Uh, so we're on Acast now, so if you get us on Acast or whatever your podcast people are, yeah. um, at Desert Crisps on Twitter okay. and Instagram. Cool. And, 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 of course, you're on Go8Bit. Go 8-Bit, yeah, can, series can 3 people, Pistachio. Can people watch it's that? It's all still available on UK TV Play, which is all online. Okay, that's cool. Uh, yeah. And, and if uh, people haven't seen it, to give people a little roundup of, of what Go 8-Bit it's is. It's comedians playing, fighting each other at video games, hosted by Dara O'Brien. Nice. That's okay, it. very funny. It's a good show, it's good fun. Um, Sam, and if people want to find you, where can they find you? What's your Twitter? Uh, at Sam Pamphalon. Um, just type it in, you'll find me. You won't be able to spell it first time or say it, but... It's there. If you're interested, you'll find it. Much like me <laughs> at the beginning right, yeah, of this. Yeah, yeah. Okay, thank you so much. Thanks, Cheers, dude.